to Ohanga. My name is Bella, and today I will be speaking with Jennifer. Okay, so um, feel free to start however you want, but... Um, I have one of those problems that when I talk louder, I think I'm yelling and everybody says I'm not, so... Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> uh, no, I'm one of those people who figured out in kindergarten that art was pretty much it for me. Mm -hmm. So... You know, like when I was little, we had in elementary school, like an art closet and I would always volunteer to go get stuff out of the art closet. And my mom and my grandmother took me to craft shows, a million craft shows all while I was growing up. And, uh, you know, thinking, looking back, I kind of knew I always wanted to do that or at least try that. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had a lot of different jobs. Um, they've always been something creative. I lived in Denver for a while. I worked for a company where we created sets and props and costumes for like corporate events and parties and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I dabbled in sets for theaters. Um, I did, when I first started Fruitcake, I know like 20 years ago, I did a lot of sewing because I wanted, uh, you know, mo everything I've ever done has mostly been self-taught. I did have some college, but it was like general art and things like that. I didn't focus on anything. Mm. Um, at one point in my early 20s, I did think I was going to go into jewelry and metalsmithing, and I had invested a lot of money in tools and uh, supplies, and my car got broken into, and everything got stolen. Oh. So being young, I didn't and I, you know, I didn't go back and re-get it all at the time because I couldn't. No, so I've done like, I've just, I've done a lot of artistic things my whole life. Um, and then when I started Fruitcake, I started sewing because I always wanted to learn. And I was, um, you know, I had a young child and I wanted something that, that was relatively easy to do. Um, so I started out making handbags from vintage materials. Mm -hmm. And for me, the best part was hunting out all the vintage materials and going on, you know, hunting missions. Mm -hmm. So, and that's kind of carried over into what I'm doing today. My favorite part about what I do is the hunting and gathering. Mm -hmm. uh, I love a, a good process. Um, I think the hard part about process is I think a lot of us who have heavy process crafts we do it because we love the process. We do it because the process is fun and there's usually an element that isn't just about the finished product. It's mm -hmm. the many processes put together that's thrilling and exciting and really means something to us. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, the transition was, you know, everything I'm so, I, I self-teach everything. I find a million books, then I take classes, then I practice, practice, practice. And I start that, that, that whole thing again. I take classes and read books and just keep practicing. Till I feel like I'm in a good place with it. And I do that for everything. But where I've landed now with the jewelry, um, I gave up the sewing because it was exhausting and I wanted to do something else. And mm -hmm. I've always loved tiny things. And um, I know jewelry can be an oversaturated market, but I think when you bring your own unique voice to it and you're not just you know gathering beads and putting them together when you're actually creating designs and using uh, found materials like I use 
vintage tin. Have you looked at Have you looked at my stuff? Yeah. Uh, my, my, okay. So I use a lot of I use a lot of vintage tin. I know that's becoming a little more popular, but for me, it's again the hunting and the gathering. So I get to go all over, you know, field trips and find the different tins everywhere and. You know, uh, I keep it to vintage tins, no modern aluminum, you know, and things like that. So um, it's fun for me to come up with stuff. Um, with the pandemic, I've, when I started doing soldered jewelry, I taught myself for a few, I taught myself, I started out doing soldered jewelry. So the tin is like an extension of that. I do the soldered jewelry with glass and the tin and the different things. They all, I make sure they all aesthetically connect somehow, even if it's different mediums. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's important because you wanna, if you're not one of those people who's really good at honing in on I just do tin, but you, but you wanna do other things, I think it's very important that your aesthetic be connected in a way that people can connect it back with you and the work you do. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like finally, I'm kind of doing a good job at that. Mm -hmm. So I'm mixing, you know, cause like sometimes I do the clay, I do, I do a little bit of everything, but again, I feel like if it kind of has my mark on it, mm -hmm. you know, and my aesthetic, uh, people will be okay with it. Mm -hmm. I noticed um, people want to spend money right now and they're into buying things, but I think people are still being cautious. Mm -hmm. When I started doing solder jewelry um, a bunch of years ago, I made a lot of art jewelry mm -hmm. um, with vintage objects and found objects and interesting things and glass and everything was one of a kind. Mm -hmm. And I was in for three years in an art co-op in Bristol. And that went well as far as me constantly bringing in one of a kind, unique, interesting art jewelry. Mm -hmm. um, and it sold well and did well. And it's super fun because, you know, doing one of a kind pieces is really soul satisfying to an artist because you really get to be super creative and you're not beholden to like making like 10 or 15 of a thing constantly. Mm -hmm. um, but I think with the way the economy is and people are right now. I don't think that that's necessarily that smart of a play right now. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of switched over to, instead of artist mode, I'm more in crafter mode. So for me, crafter mode is, is okay, I wanna make unique, interesting, fun things, but I know I've kind of got to do a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. So at a better price point and things that people will feel comfortable spending money on. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I've reached a point in my life where I'm not so sad about not getting to do just the art stuff anymore and switching over to doing the crafter stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so the tin jewelry is nice for that because you still get to do artsy stuff, mm -hmm. but you know, even though I'm making like, and they're, and they're all like the, the tin, they're all one of a kind because you can only make so much from a piece of, you know, from one tin. Mm -hmm. um, but it also, so it's like affordable art jewelry. So it's like, I like to do, you know, so I can kind of switch back and forth. I can kind of, depending on the venue, mm -hmm. I can switch back between being a crafter and affordable art jewelry or being an artist and doing, you know, the higher end art jewelry. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that ability. I like thinking that way. I like kind of running, you know, I don't feel like I'm, the only thing that makes it difficult is again doing a product that's wholesaleable and stuff. So I've got to kind of think about that more. Yeah, yeah. I've never been good at that, and that's my next step. Mm -hmm. Is thinking about lines that I can do that are wholesaleable. Um. So when did you first decide to start fruitcake, and what was that um, process originally like? Oh, I'd had a kid early, which kind of put a kibosh on me doing a lot of artistic stuff 
And when I really felt like I needed that back in my life, um, I had a tiny apartment with my husband when I first started out and we both had our computers in the same room. And I turned around to him one day and I was like, if you could describe me in one word, what would it be without missing a beat? He goes, fruitcake. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was funny. And I've always sort of liked that vintage vibe sort of thing. And it just struck and I, I just ran with it. Um, I did a lot of, I, I've always liked the vintage stuff and I did a lot of niche vintage things in the beginning, mm-hmm. which was fun for me, but it didn't always sell amazing. The first thing that I did that sold really well is I, would, I should have brought one upstairs, but I made these big uh, bracelets out of, out of dominoes mm-hmm. and I would drill them and flip them over and cover them with vintage stuff, you know, vintage findings and beads and baubles and papers and resin and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I did that for a long time. But I kind of kind of got burnt out, and there's and again, it was kind of like such a high end artsy fartsy weird thing. There's only so much of that you can do. Mm-hmm. So um, I just kept evolving. Mm-hmm. I evolved, you know. Um, I did the sewing, and then I did the bracelets, and then I just I just kept changing. So uh, with it, and I landed on the soldering because I'd had you know I collect a lot of art books like many of us do, and. I'd had a, one particular art book that I'd read like 50 times mm-hmm. about soldering. And I was like, I need to try that. I need to try that. So I taught myself. Yeah, wow, that's fascinating. So I am caffeinated and I don't see people much all week. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't start with the soldering. That was something that you came to. No, maybe like four or five years ago. I was always, there's, there is, um, it was kind of like an unheard of jewelry medium like 10, 20 years ago, but there were a few people doing it. Um, and then I, like I said, I just went and got a ton of, I got every book I could find from the library. There's a, there's a couple of people online who do classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just purchase the classes and then you have the videos, you know, you can do it at your own pace. Mm-hmm. So I bought all of those and then I just, pra- it's practice, practice, practice till you feel like you're good at it. And then you feel like you can bring your own, but it's important to bring your own uh, flair, your own, your own vision, your own artistic sensibilities to whatever you do and not just copy. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really start putting stuff out there till I felt like I had a little bit of my own voice to put into it. And so it's primarily jewelry that you're doing now, or is it just- It is primarily jewelry. When I do a show, I like to bring some extra things. There's nothing worse than walking into a booth and having it be all kinds of stuff, but having it not really go together or fit and having it be visually unpleasing. You know, there's there's a fine line between doing more than your chosen craft and ha- at a booth and having extra things and having it work and having it not work. And I finally feel like I've kind of made that happen. I bring, now I hunt out uh, like all kinds of cute little vintage dishes Mm -hmm. to use for jewelry dishes. And I create a display that says for vintage jewelry dishes. And so vintage jewelry dishes to go with the vintage inspired jewelry, or I'll do some cute little projects um, on the side just to kind of round out the table and give it a little bit of a boutique feel. Mm-hmm. So you're not just walking over and being like, oh, it's just jewelry. No, it's the fruitcake boutique experience. Mm-hmm. And I've been working really hard on that mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I always thought someday I'd have my own boutique or store or be in one of those, you know, it's 
popular now the uh the places they have like vintage and handmade and everybody's got like a little booth mm. you know those are kind of neat so i've kind of modeled it after that where i have a little you know some some extra things that go along with it like i have these cute little lately these little jars that I've been making with little mushroom, like I've been doing extra mushroom projects because mushrooms are hot. Who doesn't love mushrooms? And I love mushrooms. So I've been, I've been gathering up like these cute little, like these little vintage mushrooms, mm -hmm. you know, they're cotton. They're, they, they're not vintage, but they're, they're um, made to look like the vintage ones. They're from Germany. But you know, I just and I've been making earrings with them. So no, they're not high end, and no, I wouldn't you know have the, those. I just have it shows because they're a nice low. We want to have something low price point and stuff like that. But they're also cute, and it makes people come over and look at your table. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's about working smart. You know, you got to kind of if you're going to do shows, you got to sometimes. It depends on who you are. I mean, if you are like a high end aesthetic and you just want to have your jewelry and you're just there to sell your jewelry there's nothing wrong with that mm -hmm. but that's that's your vision and that's you know but mine is, is just like I like a little bit of everything I don't know I keep it fun for me mm -hmm. yeah no I like that um when you were talking about making sure everything like aesthetically connects when I was looking through um your website I could definitely see the the coherent themes or like the oh thank you style there so I thought that was perfect I did the website myself. It was a lot of tears and swearing. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that there has been any person, any particular um, person who's really influenced your artistic pursuit? No, I've always, I mean, since I was little, I've just been fascinated with people who make things by hand. Mm -hmm. Like for some reason that struck such a deep chord within me that people, that people could make stuff by hand mm -hmm. and do that is their job mm -hmm. that always I didn't have enough self-confidence in high school to go to art school proper which always made me kind of sad and my husband who went to RISD is like you don't need to go to RISD but he got to go um I don't think there's any one particular influence like I grew up going to craft shows and I grew up being allowed to experiment with, you know, art stuff. Um, I guess I'm just fascinated by the fact that, you know, you can, you can make stuff by hand mm -hmm. and you can constantly learn something new in whatever craft you're interested in. I mean, there's, there's a never ending infinite source of inspiration and tools and, you, know, you can always you can always take your craft further. You can always do something new. You know, I think that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, can you talk a little bit to the motivations behind your art? Um, anything from the different styles you do, or but mostly just about what speaks, um, what about it speaks to you most? Currently, what it's the my favorite part I think is is that. I'm constantly learning. I'm constant. I love gathering the materials. I love going on field, you know, uh, field trips mm -hmm. to find all of the different materials and things that I use. That's a huge part of it. it's getting out of the studio. It's looking for things. I love. I I literally. I'm one of those people who look at everything and go, "Can I make that into jewelry?" You know, because when I do the one of a kind stuff, I can use all kinds of bits and pieces for things. You can cut things up, you can paint things, you can change it, you can manipulate it. Mm -hmm. um, so constantly looking at something instead of what it is, 
what it could be, I think has been, always been my driving force mm -hmm. for doing creative projects. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people just throw away things. I mean, I, you know, I mean, they make jokes and memes about people who can't throw away jars and different stuff like that. But the struggle is real. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you're, because like when you're, when you're like that, I mean, literally everything could be, have artistic potential. Mm -hmm. But you got to throw some stuff away. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so where do you find um, most of your inspiration from? Is it less like what you said, kind of everything and everywhere, just the possibility behind it? Mm, I don't know. I feel like that's a tough question for some reason. Mm -hmm. I think I just like the thrill of when I have, when I've gathered up, when I've surrounded myself with lots of great things to choose from. Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it be tools or materials or, you know, all kinds of stuff, the thrill of the freedom of creation, because I have all kinds of stuff to choose from right now, like in my studio, I have a ton of stuff, mm -hmm. like a ton of supplies, a ton of tools. Um, it gives me a sense of freedom to be able to just kind of create on the spot. Mm -hmm. So I'm always, that's why I like, you know, I like the hunting and gathering aspect because it gives me an option to, and I honestly, I love seeing what everybody else does. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's very important to never copy, but always be inspired. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that's tough for people, but you can kind of say, oh, I really like that. How can I put my own spin on it and make it mine? And I think if you make something and in your mind it was inspired by somebody else's piece, but it looks nothing like their piece, that's kind of like a secret thrill for you. And you're the only one that knows. And you've won because you're not copying and you're putting something that's yours out into the world, but you got inspired by something you saw that somebody else did. Back on to um, what we were talking about previously about aesthetics and um, aesthetic connection. Um, how would you... or? Would you say that you have um, many different themes um, throughout your art and what they are? Or can you kind of walk me through some of those? I kind of do. And it's tough because I realized that some people who are quote unquote successful, like they focus on their one chosen, like this is the kind of jewelry I make. This is the thing I do. I'm going to work really hard on this and do this thing and put it out there and put it out there and put it out there. And there's a part of me that feels like I should be doing that. But the problem is, is I am who I am. I'm 49 and I love a little bit of everything and I love learning and I love making all kinds of new stuff. I do have to reel it in, but I've given myself a few options. Like right, I love the soldering mm -hmm. and I love the tin mm -hmm. and um, I make the clay jewelry because I think it's important when you're an artist or a crafter or a hybrid mm -hmm. um, to to solve, you have to solve your own problem of burnout. Mm -hmm. So, but the, the other thing, you never want to stop being creative. You always still want to make things. You always still want to be creative. But sometimes like if you're making like a ton of one thing, you need a little break. Mm -hmm. So for me, I make the clay jewelry mm -hmm. as a way to do something fun. That's I started doing it because literally just for me, because it's fun, it's colorful, it's different. Uh, it's happy and it isn't something I focus on like I don't like I know I probably shouldn't say this out loud I, I don't care if a million people buy it because I mean people buy it but it doesn't sell as 
fast as the other stuff, you know, because it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Again, it's slightly niche, but that's okay. It literally, it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I make it because it's joyful. Mm-hmm. And if it's one thing we've all learned this past year is, is you got to snatch the little moments of joy where you can. Mm-hmm. So I make the clay. And the fun thing is, is I, backtracking a little. Um, people want to hear about your process, but they don't want to hear in depth about your process. Mm-hmm. So you've got to learn as an artist to tell people something that they want to hear, but they just want to bite. Mm-hmm. So for me with the clay jewelry, you know, I tell them I make the clay jewelry all, it's all hand painted mm-hmm. in two different ways. I do like uh, the, like the rainbows and the birds and the mushrooms. I make a little drawing mm-hmm. and then I do, I don't think, oh, I take this, I take the rubber like you do for, um, not screen printing, the kind of paint printing you do on paper. What do you call that? Black printing. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you, you, so this is the rubber that you use for block printing. Mm-hmm. So I take little drawings and then I make a little block print mm-hmm. and then I roll the clay over it and you pull it off mm-hmm. and it makes an imprint. And because this is carved, it makes a raised image. Mm-hmm. So then I bake and paint those. Mm-hmm. So my so the clay jewelry is all little. Uh, there's like the mushroom. Uh, or we can't see it, but anyway. Um, so the, the the clay jewelry is all little drawings that I do, and it's process heavy. So it gives my mind something to do. You know, it's fun for my mind to have a different path to go on for a little while, and that actually helps me get back and do the do the tin again. Mm-hmm. So I do the clay jewelry for fun and I've started and I, you know, I've started, um, I got smart this year and I put it on little cards and spinning racks. So it looks a little more like exciting and interesting and it's worked. People are buying it, but (laughs) Um, so, and I try not to have a ton of it. I think that's the key. Like if you're going to kind of diversify yourself, you've got to do it in a smart way. Mm -hmm. But it's experimentation to find out what works. Um, as an artist who sells stuff like we do, uh, I found out that um, things like pricing um, is a matter of if you price it too low, people don't value it. If you price it too high, people think they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. So you've got to find that sweet spot of pricing something or putting your work out there so it seems like it's valuable but affordable. Mm-hmm. That's the never-ending, you know, game we play. Um, you actually kind of touched on um, the next question or topic that I was talking about um, with uh, going through your process. I know you talked, you just talked about clay. Um, can you kind of walk me through the soldering and the tin process for your jewelry and um, how that comes about? The soldering process and soldering, I think, I think, once, if you, you know, if you fall in love with the process, that's what keeps you doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the soldering comes in, they make a lead-free jewelry grade solder. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of different brands and I think it all depends on your taste and it's just how hot it flows really, you know, what you like is the finished product. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, cutting up all the tin and then shaping it and then, um, when you do the tin jewelry, a lot of it is made uh, with the tiff, what they call the Tiffany method, which is the exact same method for stained glass. So basically you're doing stained glass with tin. So you wrap copper foil tape around your pieces. Uh, you don't have to, 
but you wrap copper foil tapes around your pieces and then you can, and then you just, you're doing the hot soldering on it. Um, and there's, it's very Zen. Um, I can sit and play three or four hours and do a bunch. You know, I've taught myself to like, I'll cut out a bunch of, a lot of pieces or arrange a tray of all the things that I want to sit and solder. So by soldering, you know, you're flexing the pieces and soldering and cleaning them. And I like to do, you can leave it shiny. Um, I put a patina on it and then steel wool it off to make it look old because I like that old look, that vintagey look. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always something new to learn, but I think it's a very Zen process because you're doing this step, then this step, then this step. And I think if you're someone who enjoys um, all the little steps and then you get a finished product, mm-hmm. I think that's where the joy is, is look at all these things that I learned to do and then I applied and then I got creative with it and I figured out some new techniques on my own. Mm-hmm. And then you end up with, with something to show for it. I think that, that that thrill never goes away for me mm-hmm. of, of doing all this crazy stuff of finding all this stuff then sitting here for hours and then having a thing to show for it. That, that to me has always been a thrill. And I guess as long as that thrill stays, I'll keep doing it. Um, thank you for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> my uh, last question is what your ultimate goal for the art is and what you want to mean for your audience. Um, I'd like to keep moving on and being, you know, mo- being, creative someday I, you know, I've started learning a little bit of um, silversmithing uh, and gathering the tools and you know, I can't really have a torch where I am right now but I will later be able to have that so so for me I think it's just continually learning new processes continually learning new skills um, continuing to be inspired by what other people are doing, you know, but I'd ultimately like to graduate, you know, to, you know, move on to silversmithing at some point, Mm -hmm. but um, lots of reasons don't warrant that right now. So I'm just happy doing what I'm doing right now. No, yeah. So I think you hit on all of the um, main points that we were looking for. Do you have anything else you would like us to add or think is more, um, is also important for us to know? No, I feel like I kind of just put a little bit of everything and everything I said for you to pull from, I hope. No, yeah, definitely. Um, no, I mean, I've been, cra- I mean, like I said, I've been doing this on and off my whole life. I've been doing craft shows for a long time. I had a few years where um, I got cancer and I had to deal with that. So I had to stop. I didn't really get to do art for a few years, mm-hmm. you know, do shows or be put out there. But um, I was lucky when I came back, I got to be part of a co-op for a while, and that was a good learning experience, learning how, how people buy things, how stores run, different, you know, different things like that, and getting to put my art out there in that way was unique and a fun experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going back to doing shows, and then now, you know, the next level is to graduate, putting myself in more stores, but I'm kind of doing that slowly and selectively because I feel like it's important to give the love and attention to each place that I'm a part of rather than try and spread myself too thin to too many places. Mm-hmm. So, and I was intrigued by what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't really, you know, I don't really go to Newport a lot. So I thought I'd give it a shot. Once I decide to participate in something, I have, they have my full attention. So, you know, I'm working on putting together 
uh, a, this small, a couple small displays of the tin jewelry and the clay jewelry to bring down. Mm -hmm. I like to change the clay. The clay jewelry is fun because I can change it out seasonally. Right now I have the rainbows and the mushrooms and flowers, and then I'll change it to something else in the fall. Mm -hmm. So, and that's just fun. So that's for the people that are fun. And then the tin jewelry is kind of for everybody. Okay, so thank you so much for- You're welcome. Um, have a great rest of your day. You too. All right, bye-bye. Thank you, bye-bye.